Hot Call for Buckets is brought to you by Casa Law. Whether your family is navigating a moment of crisis or you're facing criminal charges, they know what you're going through and they're ready to help. They know your love for go for, for your go for basketball team. So if you're looking for an attorney that will fight for you for parenting time on a game day, look no further. If you've gone so hard at a tailgate that you start speaking Spanish, this bilingual team is ready to answer your call. Casa Law is proudly women-owned. To set up a free consultation, go to casolaw.com slash contact. That is C-A-S-O-Law.com. Get in touch today. Welcome to another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. I'm Luke Buer. This is Ryan James of Gopher Illustrated and Prep Hoops. Ryan, it, it's amazing. Here we are recording late on a Sunday evening, um, and this is this really harkens back to the original start of Talk Gopher Buckets, where you would be driving, usually someplace long, and 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 we just record a po- or we'd record our conversations. Now we're doing this again, but this is because of a flight cancellation tonight. Yeah, I was supposed to fly home from Chicago and they canceled my flight. So I decided to take my rental Audi and cruise on home. And and I'm in the middle of Wisconsin. I don't know what, I call it beautiful. It's not really that beautiful. It's just Wisconsin. Yeah. A lot of construction, a lot of cheese signs. So... (laughs) All right. So as you blitz through Wisconsin, uh, we're going to talk some go for basketball um, and we're going to record it and then we're going to put it out for people to listen to. Um, and that's this. So one thing, hey, Luke, yeah, yeah. when you, you said blitz, like I'm, I have this rental car, this I've upgraded to an Audi for like $18 more. <laughs> this steering wheel is tiny. And this car, if I hit the gas, it, I, it's like, I, I it just goes out of control. Like I've never had a car with this much like, power and control to it it's so weird i got like, two hands in the steering wheel because i feel if i jerk it a little bit i'm gonna fly into the weeds <laughs> so weird i don't think i'm meant for fancy cars yeah all right so um let's maybe let's maybe go through the roster because i think the roster at this point is set i think um it, it's it'll be good to put out a disclaimer here um that college basketball has changed drastically over the last three years with the transfer portal you know name image and likeness etc and and you know the years of yonder uh that were that were basically you know you you brought in high school people and you know you might ride some freshmen all the way till they're seniors those days could be gone so you might have a, a team that flips over quite a bit and we've seen that the last two years with ben johnson's squad um but this year this is the most returning guys, Ryan, that this Gopher roster has had since Ben Johnson took over as head coach. Yeah, and that that's such a big thing. They used they had a couple before, but now you're talking about you know four or five guys that played. Talking about a couple guys that were hurt. You're talking about a guy that redshirted. You're talking about a couple walk-ons back. And when you have that much familiar familiarity returning, and then you and familiarity goes all the way with coaches getting full staff back. With managers, with trainers, when you have that much familiarity, it's it's very it's really important. And like it's is it the be all end all? Is that just guarantee they're gonna be an NCAA tournament? No. But the familiarity is so big that like it's it's all those pieces working together. I mean, if you've seen Ted Lasso, come on, <laughs> every friggin' every day, every decision, every comfort with one another is what leads to, you know, building to success. And that's that's really the, the key thing is having more of that continuity and that familiarity returning. And like, there's a lot of teams in this league that don't have that, mm-hmm. you know, like there's some teams that are going through some major facelifts right now and they're going to face some of the problems with all those new bodies, like so many new bodies. Penn state is in my head with the most in that, in that area. Yeah. So maybe let's start by, um, just, just going through the roster and, and maybe, you know, player by player. And I think, 
I think for everyone, their first thought is going to be Dawson Garcia and for all pain. Um, so maybe let's start there. Dawson Garcia comes in this season. Uh, this is his second year with University of Minnesota. He will be a junior uh, technically in terms of eligibility this year. This is actually the the first time in his collegiate career that he's going to be at the same school in back-to-back seasons. Um, you know, he comes in off this last season uh, arguably, no, I don't even think it's arguably. He was the Gophers' best player last year, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, he's probably the highest recruited ranking player that you know we've had in some time here at the University of Minnesota. Um, if you go back even to his high school days, um, but you know, he was all all Big Ten honorable mention. Um, he averaged 15 points and uh, in 6.7 boards per game. Um, he was the 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 do all be all, and when he was hurt, that definitely hurt them as well. One hundred percent. And Dawson, the one thing that I don't think people totally understand was how important he was defensively, the communication, the positioning, the ball screen defense, all of those things. Dawson was a a very key part to what they could do defensively when they did play well, which at times, you know, it was what they had was not all that, not not as as often as they needed to be, but Dawson was a key piece. And you know, Dawson shot, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, 34, 35% at the arc that, you know, that grew as the season went on. They need that perimeter. They just need a lot of the good things that Dawson does. They, he just needs to be good in all of those areas, just a little more in all the areas. He's a good basket, back to the basket player. He's very good in the high low. He's a, a decent jump shooter face up. We want him to be a little bit better percentage wise, but he can get there. Rebounds fine. Just there's so many pieces of things. There's so many things that Dawson does well. If this team, if this team does make a nice jump, and if they can be that maybe bubble team this year, fighting for the bubble, I think that that's what that would mean. Is Dawson was an All Conference player. Yeah, and, and you're right. He he did shoot 34.5 percent from three last year. He was 45.7 percent um, from the field, and and he was he was by far the Gophers' best free throw shooter, except for I guess Trayton Thompson was technically better, but Trayton. Um, well, I, sorry, Battle was better as well. But he, he, in terms of volume and percentage, he was at seventy-one percent. Um, he was he was very good at getting to the line, um, as well as converting on a team that did not shoot uh, shoot that well from the free throw line last year. Um, and and you know, I think what people are excited about with this roster is one him coming back, but then the opportunity for him to be paired with a a maturing Pharrell Payne, um, who will return this season. Uh, you know, he, he, from a freshman standpoint, really stood out um, going against a really experienced league of bigs, right? Um, no question. And he came off the bench. Um, you know, he, he averaged five and a half boards a game, you know, coming off the bench. And I wouldn't say limited minutes, but he only averaged 22 minutes a night, Ryan. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, you know, his, his, he, he was, uh, let's see, 69% from the field on eight, uh, eight points a game. I mean, there's opportunity and growth here, but you can see the glimpses this last year of how special he can be in that center or like, you know, uh, power forward position. I, I think Pharrell has the potential to have a monster season. I, I have the, the, one of the keys to the season is how they figure out how to get everything working in the post. And I'll get to that in a second, but focusing on Pharrell, like Pharrell has a chance to be one of the top few rebound, top leading rebounders in the Big Ten. He has a chance to be one of the highest percentage finishers in the Big Ten, and he has a chance to take that eight points per game and make it twelve points per game this next season with more time and more consistency and more understanding. The biggest thing that we need to see is how Pharrell and Dawson are used together with more time, because. They obviously played, I don't know, 12 minutes a game together last year, something like that. Well, that's going to be more like 18 this year, getting Pharrell on the, on the court more. How, are, how is that going to work? How are they going to, you know, how is that high-low game going to work? How is Dawson going to, where's Daw, or excuse me, where's Pharrell going to be? How is he going to feel comfort, comfort-wise with, with Pharrell or with Dawson on the block, where he's going to be, and, vi- and vice versa? Where, how is that going to look? When, when they get comfortable with that together, that will be big. Also, the, one of the biggest questions I'm asked about Pharrell is, why can't he, can he shoot that 12-footer, that 14-footer? And 
I mean, obviously we sat there and watched him not shoot it last year, but I'm telling you, I watched him in high school and I watched him in AAU. He shot that thing three, four times a game last year in, in, when he was in high school senior in AAU, and he made it half the time. Like, it wasn't like he just threw it up there to see how it went. He was a good shooter from that 14-foot, 12-foot area in AAU in high school. It was it was solid. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if how he takes steps in that area this year. Yeah, in, in both, uh, you know, well, especially for uh, Pharrell, needs to improve on the turnovers. That's the big thing, and I think that's where he can become yes. a monster, right? He really struggled um, turning the ball over last year. And, and, you know, some of that is inexperience, some of that is the pace of play, um, et cetera. But, you know, he... he he should be better. You'd hope that's the one area to keep an eye on, um, to see, you know, if he is maturing, the other one is probably fewer fouls, right? Um, he f- maybe fouled a little bit too much, um, playing with a little bit more verticality, etc. Um, but it will be nice to, we'll, we'll get to him later. Jack Wilson, um, they'll have some backup, you know, big minutes that, um, that should be able to help as well. And obviously Dawson can, can guard a five as well. So it, it will be interesting to see how both, Farrell and, and Dawson play together, but I do expect those will be your starters in the front court there, Ryan. Um, okay, so let's jump. And there's, Go ahead. Like, I think you got to bring that Jack. I say, I think you got to bring that Jack Wilson conversation in here a tad bit because Jack gives those two more freedom. Yes. It means Dawson does not have to play behind a gigantic post as much as he did in the past. And it also means that, you know, that Farrell has a little bit more freedom to be physical in the post because he knows he has a veteran that can come in and play six minutes um, if he has a little bit of foul trouble. So that gives them a little more freedom to play. Yeah, and, and just, to, just to give some background, if you're not familiar with who Jack Wilson is, is the grad transfer. Um, it's kind of an interesting backstory. He actually played football and basketball prior to coming to the University of Minnesota. He was at Washington State, where he played uh, football and some basketball. Um, and then even before that, he was at where, was he at Idaho? Let me see if I can look it up quick. Um, yes, he he was he was at Idaho before that. He came out of high school. Um, he actually, uh, yes, actually, he started at Oregon State, transferred to Idaho, um, came out as a basketball player, ended up playing transferring again from Idaho to Washington State where he played football and basketball um, and then ultimately uh, transfers to the University of Minnesota where he'll wrap up his basketball career um, this is this is a big dude Ryan um, this is a guy I actually got to see a little bit watching some Pac-12 basketball and was always impressed when when he was in the, f- the few times I saw him because they'd mentioned he was a football player right and you're like well this isn't your average football player that happens to also be playing basketball positionally he was very good um, you know, but he he's definitely a role player. That's what he is going to be here at the University of Minnesota. He's going to play a role, um, and he's got the size to play this role in the Big Ten. Yes, he will be a role player. He's also a role player that's 290-some pounds. Yes, exactly. 330-some pounds. He's taken some weight off that frame. But, yes, he's still the Undertaker's twin brother. He is still a monster, and he's going to be a fan favorite because of the charges he takes, because of the screens he sets. These are legitimate brick wall screens and his low post defensive positioning. He's going to give them what they need a few minutes a game. And when Purdue's Zach Eady runs into Zach Wilson, yeah. let's go. Yeah, the Jack, the Jack Wilson, Zach Eady collision the first time is going to be really, really interesting. Um, and I don't remember how much Eady weighs, but you know, Jack Wilson is, is a legit six eleven, right? Um, and you know, to all of 290 pounds. And, and the, if you see his frame, I mean, he is just jacked, right? Um, uh, it will be very interesting to see that very first collision between those two. Um, all right, so let's, let's transition. Let's try and round out the starting five and what we think that might be Ryan. Um, you tell me who you think is going to going to start. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover at guard, and then I'll I'll give you who I think might start. I think obviously Pharrell and uh, I think Pharrell and Dawson are the two kind of shoe ins. I'm just gonna go safe mm-hmm. because I don't know where the freshmen will be, and I think they're gonna take a little bit of time early with the freshmen. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go safe, safe, and say Elijah Hawkins, Mike Mitchell Jr. 
Josh Ola Joseph, um, uh, Pharrell, and Dawson. Now, I don't know if that's ideal in that way. I mean, Josh is obviously moving for more, playing more four minutes, so he'll be playing more three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure that's ideal, but I'm just going to go safe on that until we see what Cameron and Christie and what uh, Cameron Christie can do until we can see what Caden Betts can do. And we can see what Braden Carrington, where he's at with everything. I'm just going to go safe with the two veteran tra- uh, transfers, Joshua and Joseph, who started last year at the four, Dawson and Perot. All right. So it's interesting. I, I will definitely go Elijah Hawkins at the one. Um, yes. I, I th- you know, I, Mike Mitchell, I'm not sure what to think there. I think it's possible it could be Mike Mitchell. I also think it's possible it could be Braden Carrington. I also think it's possible it could be Joshua Joseph or it could be Braden Carrington at the three. I, I do think that Braden Carrington is vastly overlooked. You and I have talked about this numerous times, not on this podcast. Um, but it, 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 it's just crazy to me that people seemingly forgot about him. He, he had an injury plague season last year, but towards the end, he started to play a lot better and you could see what just, you know, there are some glimpses with a couple of the passes he made defensively, how he got after it. And then most importantly, just how he rebounded Ryan. Um, the fact that he, he crashed the boards hard and was a force rebounding. I think that there's a role for him. And if he can consistently, you know, hit 30, you know, 33 to 36% from three, he's got a, he's got a massive role on the squad that probably finds himself in the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, let's, let's start with let's go with Carrington let's and, and talk about him I, I I've kind of given my piece there I I think he's going to play a big role and I just hope for his sake he's just healthy I I think he's going to play a big role too but I think of Braden I think of the way he was able to chase and bother uh, good shooting guards in this league when he was healthy when he was healthy he was able to bust through screens fight over the top and get to get to spots and he was able to, you know, af- you know, affect the quality of shot that good shooting guards in this league were getting. Now, some will remember he was back cut a couple games, and he was. You know, those are a few things, those position things that he's going to have to fix. Although those were after injury, I don't know where his footwork was at that point in time, or if it was just a mental thing that he missed. But it's it, when it comes to defensive, defensive chase, defensive getting to spots, busting through screens, I thought he was – the best position on the team to do that. And when healthy, I love the idea of Elijah Hawkins ball pressuring three quarters court. And I having Braden, oh, there's a speed check, by the way, that's what that was. Everybody that's <laughs> following at home, there's a freaking speed check before you get to uh, the nominee. Anywho, anywho, the, uh, I, I think Elijah and Braden would be really good for them defensively mm-hmm. in that, in that way with him, denying chasing and with Elijah pressuring the ball. All right. So yeah, I, I think the, the area that he drastically has to improve, you know, he was only 33% from three. That was fine. Um, I think he can improve there and some of that will come with, you know, just being able to hopefully find a rhythm and be healthy. Um, but two point shooting, he was, he really struggled. He was nine for 29. Um, and, and he wasn't bad, um, you know, on close twos, he was, you know, eight of 13, but it was those kind of like further two point shots where, you know, he's got a pull up jumper, like a one dribble pull up or I don't even really remember off the top of my head, but statistically he was only one of 16 on far twos. He needs to improve there. He was good from the line at 71%. I obviously opportunities improve. He re but he, he rebounded well, like you said, defensively, he's going to be good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he's got a great future. Um, as well in the maroon and gold. So let's talk a little bit of Joshua Joseph as well. Um, Josh comes in. I think Josh surprised most people, Ryan, um, in how much he contributed last year. I think most people thought he was going to be a little bit more of a work in progress, and he effectively started the majority of the season. Um, you know, in, in frankly, he he sh- he shot the three halfway okay, Ryan. He was eight of twenty one on the season. Um, I don't think anybody s- saw that coming. Uh, but you know, he was playing the four he likely will still play a little bit of four as well um especially when they go small uh but ultimately he he needs to improve his rebounding i think that's the most important thing and he he additionally um he also needs to improve on turnovers as well um but in general like more way more productive last year than we thought and hopefully we can see that improvement from year one to year two yes and one thing of note with Josh, while he played the four on offense, 
he often did guard some threes. Yeah, that's on good the point. defensive end. Yeah, yeah, and because athletically he has everything you need to be able to guard. He has the physical capability to guard threes in the Big Ten. Like he's that level of athlete. The other thing Josh has is a monster chip on his shoulder. Like Josh has a lot of confidence in who he is and what he can do, and that's one of the reasons that you saw him take the ball and go at dudes, you know, with his shoulder and jumping over them to finish. Like he has a lot of confidence in what he's gonna, what he can do. Also, the shooting, I was not surprised he made eight of twenty-one because in watching him as a like his uh, before he left for the prep school and watching him with his high school team his junior year and into the summer before he left, watching with his AU team, he would consistently take two or three threes a game and make one, sometimes maybe make two. And he did that consistently. I'm not saying what you call a shooter, but we did. We have seen Josh that he can shoot the ball. Not what type of shooter. Is he a good shooter? It doesn't shoot enough to even just put that term on him. But he's like somebody that can hit a three if it's there. And, I, and if it makes, they take those steps, it would be huge. Yeah, you know, he, he additionally could do a little bit better job of getting to the line, but also finishing at the line. Um, but you're right. He he did shoot he did shoot threes well. And, you know, that was something that surprised me. His effective field goal shooting percentage was 56.8% this last year. I, I do expect him um, I do expect him to make just some better decisions all around with another year under his belt. Um, and, you know, that comes in the form of turnovers and just better shots. You know, some shots can be effectively a turnover, even though they're not uh, they're not statistically scored that way. Um, but, you know, taking some better shots would behoove him as well. Yes. And he, but he has to stop turning the basketball. Yes. Over. And and he's got to rebound better. And he's got to fix some of the defensive miscues that he's yeah. had position defensive-wise. That has to take a step forward. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the, the transfer guards who we both expect will either start or, you know, maybe be the sixth the sixth man. Um, so I think, I think at least what I've heard, and I think probably what you've heard as well, is that they really like Elijah Hawkins. Uh, this is a kid that just turned 21 that transferred in. Um, and he's going to, I think, technically only be a junior this coming year, Ryan. Um, previously, he had been at, uh, oh gosh, what's the school? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Howard? Howard. Yes, Howard. Yep. That was it. Um, and, and some might remember that you know he had a pretty good showing in the NCAA tournament um, game that they had. Uh, and, and when they seemingly played big teams, he kind of showed out and, and did his best. Um, so he was a conference pl- um, player of the week twice while there. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, the guy has just, just played some good basketball, right? Um, I'll, I'll gather some more of his stats here, Ryan, while we chat. Um, but like, I think, I think he is the point guard and, and I think he will take that starting spot and run with it. Do you remember when we were younger and in the, in the Charlie Walters column, when Charlie Walters was relevant, they had the, or there was the, the little birdie says, or. Oh yeah. 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 He still does that. Yeah. I remember this. He still does that. Yeah. He's, I think he still does like a a little birdie said or whatever. Um, occasionally whether it's on Twitter or what. So. There's a little, little birdie, little birdie still says, or does the little birdie just make stuff up? I, I think it could be both. You never oh, interesting. Know. Whatever. Like, he used to say stuff like, ooh, the little birdie said that Terrence Simmons is rolling in practice as a gopher when he was redshirting. And a little birdie said that John Blair Bickerstaff will be the best athlete on the team. There was always a little birdie. Well, the little birdie is saying to us at Gopher Illustrated, like, that Elijah Hawkins is beloved for, his, for like, the chip that he brings, the toughness that he brings, the fight that he brings this team. Like, the ball pressuring stuff can be there. The but just the will to win and the and the just what he brings, the toughness he brings to practice every day. Apparently, it's beloved by everybody. So, yes, I think he will be the starting point guard. It sounds like everything is moving in that direction in terms of him, this being his team and them having a vastly different point guard situation than they had. Now, will it be a success to get them where they need to be? That's what we have to find out. But it will look different is, mm-hmm. is the big thing. 
Yeah, so I, I did pull up some of his stats, Ryan. He was 49 of 110 on three for 44.5%. His effective field goal shooting percentage was 52.1%. He was not great on like close twos, um, only 45.6%. Um, free throw was 75% on 124 uh, attempts, um, so 94 makes. In general, like, you know, the the, the assists are great, Um all in all, like I, I really think that this is what you want. And defensively, if you can get after it, he's maybe a little bit undersized, as some people would think at five eleven. Well, but we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna that that finishing on the basket percentage is gonna be directly related to what he at uh, the 155 pounds that he is. Yeah, the five ten, five eleven. But it, it, but the, one, the next thing people are gonna look at is it's funny I said Terrence Simmons because Terrence Simmons had the oddest shooting form you've ever seen. Elijah Hawkins, his shooting form is a little bit odd as well, but the percentages, and he took like five a game last year. Yeah. The percentages are like, like it was 46.6%, if my mind serves me correctly. Dude made them. Mm-hmm. Like that dude finishes, and they need that desperately. Remember, these transfers they brought in, people have been begging for shooters. Well, guess what? You got one that come in at 44%, the other at dang near 47%. And then people were begging for all conference players. Well, Elijah Hawkins was one of the five guys named in his conference to a first team all conference player. So you got that as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's and go Luke, ahead. Luke, I want to, I want to come, I want to jump on one more thing. I have been doing these previews as I get ready to, like I always do for the summer on these teams. And then I'll, I'll put all these massive lists together. My first power ranking, my all big 10, my, you know, all my, like my Joe college four year guys, blah, 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 whatever. But I've gone. There are a lot of teams in the Big Ten that needed point guards that did not get what they wanted. Interesting. Like, Rutgers lost their point guard. I don't even know who's playing point guard for them this year. Uh, Nebraska missed on their first five targets. They took the Iowa point guard who didn't. They didn't. Who Iowa didn't even want anymore. Illinois. Illinois had like missed on several targets. Took a guy who didn't even play at Iowa State because he was hurt. And that guy's already gone. Mm-hmm. Like. There are teams that needed point guards that missed out on them. Like, did Minnesota get the elite, elite transfers at point guard? I mean, obviously there are teams around the country that probably got bigger or more athletic or more productive or whatever. But Minnesota also, but Minnesota did get guys, Mike Mitchell Jr. early that they wanted. Mm -hmm. They got Elijah Hawkins, a guy that they got in early. It took them a little while to get him, but they got him. They got targets that they, that were at least high on their list. There are teams that never got guys that need a guard in this in this league on the list. And it's something to keep in mind because it's not as easy as it looks, just jumping in the portal and finding the perfect piece. Yeah, for sure. And and to talk about Mike Mitchell, you know, he, he is forty four point three percent from three, uh, 66 of 149. Um, his effective field goal percentage is fifty five point nine percent. You know, on, on close twos, he was over 50%. It wasn't great. Um, but, you know, mid-range in, in uh, or sorry, free throw line, 76%. Far twos, about 40%. Not amazing, but not terrible. I mean, and he also shares the basketball really well too, Ryan. Um, you know, his assist rates is, is really good as well. I mean, all in all, this is a combo guard. Um, a little bit more size, obviously, than uh, uh than um, Elijah Hawkins. So hopefully you can find, you can see him playing some point guard as well as off guard. Um, in general, I, I really like both, both the, the transfer guards they got um, with Mitchell being you know six to 190 pounds. It will, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, how, how they're going to intermix these guys, uh, especially with the guys coming back um, who need to get to as well. We've already talked a little Braden Carrington. Um, but you know, additionally, we probably need to talk to some Isaiah Enan as well, but, but Mike Mitchell, like you said, definitely a good shooter and interesting to see. I haven't seen a lot of Pepperdine basketball. I don't, I don't think I've actually watched any of his game tape, um, yet, but interesting to see how he'll get after it on the defensive end. I would say after watching his film that he is productively unorthodox, if that makes any sense. Uh, sure. (laughs) So like, because like. Like he shoots the ball really well, and I I think he's a really good passer. He's he he does a really good job of setting his teammates up with good passes. And I don't like I don't and I'm not talking like I'm talking like within the framework of the offense, good ball reversals, good skips, you no know, that type of stuff. 
putting it on putting it on shooters when they're open. He's a good passer. Defensively, like I saw him a few times pick up Gonzaga full court. Hunter Salas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He picked up Hunter Salas full court. I was impressed with how he moved his feet with him. I was impressed with how he got around screens at times. I wouldn't call him an elite defender. I wouldn't call him a bad defender. But if they had him last year with what they had, he'd have looked like God as a defender. So, you know, I don't. I think there'll be at times a struggle and at times good things, but it's going to be a definite upgrade. And I think he's going to be the second ball handler. And he plays that role well. Like, that's the role he played last year, kind of doing both spots. And I think it'll be really good for this team. All right, so let's let's round out like kind of forward guard positions, um, guys that we we maybe expect to come off the bench. Um, so I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on Isaiah Enan. This is a guy who's been around a long time, stuck around since the Richard Pitino era, has been injured the last two seasons. Uh, many will remember he's six ten, played like the three, sometimes the four. Um, you know definitely had a nice looking stroke from three uh but really interested to see what we're going to get out of isaiah enan this coming season if if you remember from isaiah like what he was doing as a sophomore the biggest thing he was doing was he was a really good offensive rebound yes and and uh, the second thing that he was doing towards the end of his sophomore year he was starting to become a better defender yes it was a struggle for a while he was starting to become a better defender well here we are two years later. Now, I think Ben Johnson said it best. It's like he hasn't played in, oh, in two years. Like he's – and he's a more matured kid. He's mm-hmm. going to look like a brand-new player. Like I, how mobile he'll be, I don't know. How – you know, the type of game, I don't know because it's been two years. Like I'm guessing he's going to be a smarter player. I'm guessing he's going to be um, a more veteran light player, and he'll do – some of the things he did before, but everything depends on how agile he is after the two knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the one thing you got to kind of throw in there is he had, a, he was hurt last July, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So it will be 15 to 16 months between injury and his, and when he gets on the court for the first time. And you know, it's a long period of time in today's modern medicine world. In modern therapy world, blah, blah, blah. I don't know much about it. I'm just kind of throwing the words out that I think I'm supposed to say. Um, But, like, there is the chance that he should be able to come out and help. And it sounds like he's on target, making the progress to be what he needs to be to be able to play early in the year. We'll see how it goes. They got to take their time with it. You know, most of it is mental. You know, getting on those legs is mental after two surgeries they've had. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully – and, Mike, Luke, I, we can't expect Isaiah to come out here and start. I, I wouldn't even expect him to be no. a big-minute guy right away either. You just hope that he's a productive eighth man this year, giving them nice minutes when he can. Yeah. I I agree with that, and I think I would say the same about Parker Fox too, right? Um, and we'll talk about him a little bit more when we get into the get get back into the kind of the backcourt reserves um, and who we expect to be reserves. But yeah, I agree with that. I, but I am intrigued to see what kind of role he can play. And I think I think you highlighted it well. I was going to bring this up as well. You know, you can never underestimate how important mature veterans can be especially if they're willing to embrace a role right um and it'll be i'll be curious to see how enan parker fox um embrace those roles that they have what we'll have on this fairly young team um okay let's let's continue uh let's touch on a freshman in cam christie um the 6-6 product out of uh out of illinois um you know I expect him to definitely play a role this season, Ryan. Um, and I'm curious to see what that role will be. I think most people think catch and shoot, uh, uh, you know, a catch and shoot specialist. Um, but what, what are you expecting? I, I expect at some point this season, Cam Christie will be a starter. Um, I okay. Think, yes. I, th- I think he has that level of talent. Um, I, and I think he's a mature enough young man that he can grow into that spot. You know, I'm also, I'm also going to say 
that he he got to school in early June. Between June, July, August, September, and October, they're going to add some good weight to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be a little bit more physically ready. And once he gets comfortable with this level, I think he by I'll say midseason he could be ready for starter minutes. Um, and and that's I think he's that good of a player. I think he's that good of a shooter. And I think, but I also even more than that. I think he's that good of an all-around offensive basketball player. That's why he was a top 75 kid. That's why he had such a great season in Illinois. And I think he can be that guy. And it's going to help. It's a, it's a, when, I, when you talk about the, the physical training that they're going to go through, like they're gonna, he's going to have more core strength. That core strength is going to go a long way in helping him be a balanced shooter, balanced scorer for that team. Oh, and real quick, Braden Carrington, like – He's added a ton of good muscle weight to his body, nice. to his frame. Yeah, that 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 is definitely good. Uh, the other thing we can't overlook, Ryan, it, you know, with obviously Cam Christie, you think is going to play a big role. Um, we we can't overlook Will Ramberg. I think there's definitely uh, still a role for him here. Um, did you know, Ryan, that Will Ramberg, from an offensive rating perspective, was the highest offensive rated player last season? Luke. If there was a, if you had forgotten Will Ramberg and moved right to the front court, I, I, there would have been an Audi in your driveway. <laughs> uh, before I before before I turned this damn thing in, I was gonna somehow no. cruise to your house and honk the horn. Yeah, so so I think people will remember, you know, the back cuts. He didn't take a ton of shots. Um, you know, rebounded pretty well. Was very efficient when he did put the ball up. You know, he was fourteen of eighteen on on close twos. Uh, far twos. He only took two, but he was two for two. He was over three from three, but he's eighty percent. Or sorry, he was uh, not eighty percent. My bad. He was he was terrible from the line at twenty five percent. But in general, he he was really good when he was on the floor. Uh, he definitely moved the ball well um, and definitely rebounded well. Ryan, he rebounds. He cuts. He moves the basketball. He cuts. He's very good as a chase, in, in chase defending. Did I mention he's one guy that actually cuts to the basket? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't um, stand, yeah. No. Now, and we can't mention, we love Will Ramford. Teams did not guard him near the perimeter. They sagged off mm-hmm. a ton. Which, Luke, by the way, very interesting point made to me by a coach in SIC this weekend who's a big Gopher fan. He was like, what is wrong with that league in the way the way everybody defends even bad shooters? He's like, if I was the coach in that league, I would sag off anybody in that league, the athletic guys who can't shoot 30% from the three-point line, I would give them two steps and just hound everything else anywhere near the paint. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nobody in the league does that. And I thought to him, I was like, well, they do it to Will. Yeah, right. They do. <laughs> like. But, yeah, they do it to Will. So that that's the thing. If Will could add, you know, if he could knock out a three, I think he could be on the court. Mm-hmm. But you know what's the big thing about Will Ramberg? If they have, in my opinion, if they have some injuries, Will can give you minutes exactly. without the team suffering. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, should he be playing 30? No. But he could give you four, and I think he can do it without the team suffering. Mm-hmm. I think he's a perfect 13 scholarship guy or 12 scholarship guy. Yeah, and he is I think he's actually a senior this year. Yeah, he is a senior. So he'll he'll be moving on, but it's definitely a guy that it, it's good to have on roster and have back. Um you know, we probably should talk about the the redshirt as well, Jackson Purcell. Um this is a redshirt sophomore guard. Um and he's not he's no slouch, right? He's 6'5", 195 out of Eastview. Um I know I think you've told the story before that he wasn't planning on playing basketball, just going to the University of Minnesota, and then ultimately um, they convinced him to walk on, so he's been part of the program. Did I get that correct? Yeah. So Jackson was going to go to the Gophers. Gophers were looking for walk-ons. Yeah. He was enrolled in Minnesota to be an engineer. Word got out over there that they needed a a trusted walk-on. He was a perfect fit. Because Jackson... At the end of his senior year, he was playing point guard for Eastview, and he was the best player on that team, and that was a good team. 
Yeah, so definitely, you know, I, I don't know what role he'll play, um, you know, being a walk-on, but you need good guys, especially with size that can play on the scout team, et cetera. Um, so interested to see, you know, if he, if he ends up having a meaningful role in the coming years. I wouldn't expect him to play a ton um, this season, but, you know, definitely got that size at 6'5", for sure. Um, so let's move to the front court, Ryan. Um, and, and just look at some of these backups as well. Um, you know, you and I had Caden Betts on. If people didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, they should go back and listen to that. Really well-spoken kid. This is a guy that's going to be a redshirt freshman this year, but a reminder that he was a high school senior during his freshman year of, of college. He's 6'8", 215 pounds from Pueblo, Colorado. Um, and, and frankly, we have high expectations for him. Um, he really is part of this recruiting class with Cam Christie. Obviously, there was the Dennis Evans that that was and then wasn't. Um, but there's really good reason to be excited um, with Caden Betts and Cam Christie. And, and Betts is a guy that's going to be able to play that four, maybe even play some three, but definitely play some four and can shoot it from deep. Um, really interested to see interested to see him play some meaningful minutes this season. And again, this is another opportunity where you have guys that can spell off the bench, Ryan, which maybe you didn't have last year or the last two years. Um, so you can play a little bit more aggressive. There's a few points to be made, several points to be made here on Caden Betts. One added a lot of good weight in the last, you know, last 12 months. And he's going to keep adding good weight in the next few months for the season. That's point number one. Point number two, he spent all last year chasing and defending Jamison Battle as a three. This is, he's going to be able to play some three. Uh, speaking of three, point number three, Caden Betts, like you, everyone's heard the story of Isaac Azuma being this team guy, this Joe High School fantastic character kid. Caden Betts is the forward room version of Isaac Azuma in terms of high character high work ethic, uh, all-around good team basketball player, and on that verge of, like, back-end top 100 national-level talent. That is Caden Betts. Caden Betts is going to help this team next year 100%. Shoot, last year in the exhibition, when he was basically yeah should have been a high school, you know, he should have been in that exhibition, he should have been a high school senior sitting yes. in the uh, stands of a high school football game. He was – he, he played actually pretty well in those few minutes he had. Um, so, like, Caden is going to be a piece. Is he good enough to start right away? Let's give him a little time. But he's going to be, be able to play the three and the four. And, like, there's a lot of Isaiah Johnson talk out there. Caden Betts is an Isaiah Johnson, who's a Tino Grace kid, getting all those offers. They're very similar, except Caden's a little taller. Caden's probably a better shooter from the perimeter. Um I would say that Isaiah is a little stronger in terms of as a high school senior, although Caden's probably surpassed that, but then he's been in college for a year. Um, but that, that is kind of a comparison for everyone's heads. Um, Character-wise, Isaac Azuma, game type is kind of that Isaiah Johnson type that's getting all those offers, although Caden's a better shooter, and Caden probably a little more of a, has been more of a consistent player when he was in high school in AU as well. So I have high expectations for Caden. Because I think he's, I've always thought he's a four-star top 100 kid. And his recruitment would have looked like that as he was going to explode. But he chose Minnesota because that's what he wanted to do in June after his visit. Yeah, so let's, um, yeah, let's let's give him some time. But I think he's definitely, like you said, going to play a really big role on this team in the coming years. Um, but again, it's really nice to have this depth um, in and frankly, they're just going to try and need to find the pieces that are going to work together. Um, and I, th I think this is definitely the deepest roster they've had uh, to date. And it's nice that they have, you know, some experienced guys coming back. And one of those experienced guys is Parker Fox, who's a redshirt senior this year. He also has missed the past two years, man. They could have really used him Ben Johnson's first year. They could have used him last year. Um, but unfortunately, he was injured and he came. He did come back. Um, this is a this is a guy, if people don't remember, that was uh, at Northern State in South South Dakota. I think he was a player of the year and defensive player of the year uh, when he was at Northern State, Ryan. Um, you know, this was a highly sought after transfer when he committed to Minnesota, um, a local guy from Montemidai. It, you know, 
he he even when not playing seems to be you know part of the heart and soul of this team you can see that um just on the bench and his enthusiasm or you know as the teams are getting ready uh he's definitely plays a big role um in, in the leadership aspect of this team really hoping for his sake that he he'll be able to be healthy and get some time to play and this is a guy you assume will come off the bench and you know just give you some give you some effort um, in defensively. Maybe he won't be the athlete that he was. Um, you hope that he is, but uh, you know this guy could definitely score and definitely rebound in in Division Two. They talk about him as one of the most physically active players they had ever seen in in the Northern Sun. Like controlled, wild activity that just disrupted everything that's what they talk about with him like he would dunk board dunk board pump up the crowd jump off on ball screens disrupt the guard just disrupt everything with his constant physical activity and i i just it sucks that we didn't get to see that that first year with ben johnson because they needed it so much oh my god if you could have just given Eric Curry and Eric Curry just could have played like 60% of the minutes he played and they just could have had somebody rebound and somebody move on ball screens. They would have helped him so much. It is nuts. And like, yeah, it, it would have been, it would have been a dream. It would have been so cool to watch Parker play here. Hopefully he can get to the point where he's healthy. He can do some of that. And it would be, and like when, and if it ever happens, He's going to get the biggest standing ovation at Williams Arena. And I say he probably will, too, when he finally gets a chance to play as well. Yeah, and, and the, the thing is, is, like, uh, people probably forget um, in this specific, uh, in, in that first year of, of Ben Johnson's tenure, you know, that team was what? Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They were 10-1 and one at one point um, in the non-conference, and they, they lost a pretty close one to Michigan State, but they knocked, after, knocked off Mississippi State, Pittsburgh. You know, they really struggled in Big Ten play. There's no question about that. Um, they ended up Beat only... Beat Michigan. They beat Michigan, yep, but Early. on the road. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know that team just wasn't wasn't big enough, right? And he would have been perfect for that team, um, and maybe would have made that first year not not look nearly as bad and end up in last place again. Um, but man, you're right. You just hope for his sake. You know, he came home, kind of got to live his maroon and gold dream. You hope he gets an opportunity to play and, and contribute in a meaningful way. That's that's my hope for him. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say he's earned it. It would be something you'd love to see for him. Yeah. Okay. And then just to round out, um, uh, again, um, walk on Eric Reeder. This is a guy from New Life Academy. He's from Bloomington, 6'8, 200 pounds. He's going to be a freshman this year. Um, I know little to nothing about him, Ryan. I'm curious to get uh, your, your input on him. So Eric led his team to the state tournament. Two years as a Joseph as a junior and as a senior, um, I think they made the final four both years, um, in Class A. Uh, Eric has a really nice shooting touch. Uh, he's a guy that can hit threes. He's a good rebounder. He's a really good position low post player, and like he has the potential. Like, if Eric had one more, let's say Eric went to like a prep school. Got, got stronger, or if he had one more year of high school, or if he went to a year of JUCO, whatever. If he had one more year, I think Eric could have developed into a division or a full scholarship kid. Whatever it's – if it's D2, maybe it's low major D1. He, he was close um, because he has good size, because he plays hard, uh, he plays good low position defense, and he has a good touch. Eric, if he continues to grow, his game does continue to grow, he is a walk-on that I could see down the road developing into a guy that could give the team some minutes in two or three years I, because he does have that potential. Now, would that potential be better served someday, you know, in the Summit League or Northern Sun? Maybe. But then again, if he keeps growing, which it sounds like he is, maybe he can help the Gophers down the road. And if not, also a perfect practice player perfect guy to work with and see what he becomes 
All right, so um, let's make a transition and and just talk some um, recruiting. Uh, I'm going to read a tweet that you put out this weekend, Ryan, and I want you to to give me some um, some background on this. You retweeted a guy named Paul um, Biancardi, and you said. Isaac Azuma has a lot of people talking after his outstanding performance against the Compton Magic. The gopher commit was so aggressive and effective that the Magic had to face guard him. Ryan, that doesn't sound like the Isaiah Azuma that we've, we've kind of come to know and follow. Um, that sounded like he had a prolific offensive game against a very, very good Compton Magic team. Yes. As I enter the state of Minnesota driving over the Mississippi... Nice to be back in Minnesota, by the way. Welcome back. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anywho, um, one of the things that I want to bring up, which is kind of odd, the coverage of Adidas basketball, 3SSB, it's super high-level basketball. It's, it's There's EYBL, then there's this. Like, there's not much coverage of it at all. So, like, to find out information on it, you have to either talk to a college coach who's there uh, or somehow get somebody to take a photo of the box score for you or try and trust the AU coaches who most likely aren't telling you the truth. Um, that's – that's and D1 Minnesota's are better than most, by the way. So – but, like, you, you can never really get a, a great answer unless you talk mm-hmm. to a college coach or you're there. So – but that day – I started getting messages. There was a rival, excuse me, there was a, there was a 24 seven writer from North Carolina state who's messaged me. There was a college coach that was messaging me. There was another college coach that messaged me. And and then there was a couple of locals who were watching the game online. They kept talking about Isaac just like exploding on the Compton magic. And I did a little research and I found out, you see at these open period events, what happens is these coaches come in, and they have games that guys that they basically have to make an appearance for. So, but like, instead of like sitting around a hotel, there's hospitality rooms and their friends are and other coaches, which other friends acquaintances are there. So they go and meet up with them, talk, eat, and they watch some games before they get to the games that are their main games. So that round of games, everybody that was there was watching Compton magic in D one Minnesota two classically good teams. in AU basketball. And there was, like, for whatever reason, Isaac just felt that the team, it was in the team's best interest for him to attack the guards from the Compton Magic relentlessly because that was going to be their best chance to win. And he did. He, he like, he hit a couple threes, turned the corner, went to the basket, hit a pull-up, hit a layup, got to the free-throw line. And, like, Compton Magic couldn't stop him. They started face-guarding him which is, in this level, somewhat unheard of. Face-guarding Isaac Azuma, right. he couldn't even touch the ball. And, like, Compton Magic ended up winning by a basket, but, like, th- that one performance grabbed ESPN's top guys, you know, got, grabbed ESPN's top guy, Paul Biancardi, um, he got caught his attention, and it floated around to the point, like, there were coaches watching that didn't know who he was, looked him up, started making calls, who is this guy? Um, one of those people was Calvin Sampson. He looked around and found out he was created to Minnesota. He instantly said, all right, we'll leave that be. But Calvin Sampson loved him and like was ready to start moving on him based on what he saw. Next thing you know, I'm hearing that Texas, Texas got a hold of the contact information, started calling everybody in the contact information, found out he was committed said, hey, is there any interest? Because this kid's freaking good. And, th- and those are the first two I heard. There were several more. Isaac, I mean, Isaac has been playing very well this summer. Breakdown summer t- state tournament, NBCA camp. He's been playing excellent basketball. Well, this this was kind of like the national take notice moment for Isaac. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously good for him and obviously, you know, the Gophers identified him early and, and made him their top priority, got him committed. Um, you know, the, it, 
it is exciting to see him have success. And, you know, the, the team is structured right now to really transition to him nicely, right? Um, with both Elijah Hawkins and Mike Mike Mitchell, um, both being juniors, you know, he'll be able to come in his his freshman year um, and, you know, be, be able to come in slowly and then take, take over the reins his sophomore year. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and you, you said it exactly right. Like, It'll, it'll be a nice transition for him. And then as a sophomore, he can step up and, and it can be his team. And Isaac, everything about Isaac and who he is and what he is, is the definition of a point guard. Um, like my, my favorite example lately has been, he was playing with the NBCA team and they had a lot of talent. There was Chase Thompson, Kyle Jorgensen, who's from Minneapolis Wofford and really getting recruited strong right now. Jackson McAndrews was phenomenal at this past week and is probably going to be a top 50 guy soon. Uh, Jaleel Donnelly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody on that team looked good in front of college coaches. It started with Isaac because his ball movement was infectious. The first game, he took two shots. The first game, he's out here helping his teammates that he never has had his teammates before for the most part. He's helping these kids get the looks in front of the college coaches not worried about himself took two shots that's isaac that's who he is yeah it it's definitely the guy you want and you know they struggled mightily to be able to get um a point guard in but ryan as you and i both know they've identified some point guards that they just weren't able to secure that have been really good um ziggler who's at tennessee um, I, I'm can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but they have, they have found a way to identify good ones and they finally got one committed, um, you know, bring them in and hopefully, uh, hopefully he can, uh, he can be the force that you hope that he can be, um, you know, and have a nice long career with the maroon and gold. Um, yes, sir. And then just, just throw it out there. People keep asking, how's Grayson Grove doing in terms of playing? Well, I'll let you know. I'm going to say it again. Grayson Grove had ankle surgery, hurt his ankle in state tournament, yep. played on it for about a month, uh, then had to have surgery because it just wasn't it wasn't feeling right. He's in a boot. He's not playing this summer because of that. So just so everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah, and right. And Grayson Grove is the is the six eight, hundred and ninety pound uh power forward out of Alexandria. Um, Ryan, as you know, my dad coaches in that conference or has and has seen him play. Um and you know, I I'm interested to see, you know, how he fits in at the University of Minnesota. Definitely can shoot the ball. Um, it, you know, definitely needs to probably put on some weight, et cetera. But what, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, he's bigger than 190 pounds now. Oh, is he? This is what you got on your website, yeah. man. Update your stuff. Dude, I didn't do it. That's not me. Okay. I didn't do it. I'm, I'm pretty sure Isaac Azuma is like listed at 185. There's no way. Oh, it's 170 on there. Just FYI. Oh, okay. Oh, for crying out loud. Those things need to be fixed. Um, but anyway, he's bigger than that. The thing with Grayson, Grayson, so the Gophers last summer were continue, continuing their pursuit of a big in this class locally. Jackson McAndrew, Jonathan McKinnon, Grayson Grove. Had him on campus, all of them several times. Um, Jackson McAndrew, obviously the talent was there. They pursued him. Uh, they pursued Jonathan. They pursued Grayson. Well, Grayson was, and so was Jonathan. Both of them were extremely receptive to being Gophers. Grayson's a guy they they thought that, A, they like what he is as a player, what he could be as a player, and they see that they could see he wanted to be a Gopher. So that's the guy they pursued because he had the most interest in being a Gopher, and they could they, they thought they could definitely get that done, and they did. Grayson, as a, as a sophomore, <laughs> excuse me, as a sophomore was under the basket, back to the basket post for his high school team. And they were really good. But Grayson has always been a comfortable face-up shooter as well. Like, he's the type of guy that can be a stretch four and also play around the basket. And as he adds weight, he's going to be even better around the basket. He's just he's a do-whatever-you-need type of guy. And I think he's a perfect fit for what this team is looking for in terms of players. And he's the type of guy that probably, if they have the time available – or they, if they can do it, I, I could see him redshirting him for a mm-hmm. year and he could be yeah. even bigger and better. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, anything other other recruiting-wise you want to get in? Obviously, those are the two guys they have committed at the moment. 
Um, you know, uh, you know, recruiting never stops. Uh, but it, it feels good to know that they have a, you know, a good young core and a young base that they have. Hopefully they all take the next step and you've got the, you know, the point guard of the future coming. You've got Grayson Grove is the big in this 2024 class as well committed. Um, but anything else you want to touch on recruiting wise before we wrap this up? Yeah, I would say 2024, I could see them taking one more if they find a guy that can help the team and the guy that wants to be a gopher and he could be an impact guy. Um, I would say that could be a shooter. That could be a big time athlete, maybe even a five, but I, you know, there's only so many fives out there. Um, so that'd be 2024. I would lean towards probably not adding another 2024, but at the same time, if they find something that for, that fits, I could see it. 2025, they're scanning the country with a big net. Um, I would say the biggest name to throw out there is Kai Rogers. Kai is the Milwaukee area 6'10 center who has said that Minnesota and Iowa State are the two that are contacting the most and two that he has a lot of interest in and wants to visit again. Keep He's already been to Minnesota once. Jason Kemp has been all over him. Keep an eye there. But they've also offered four or five uh, big, skilled, athletic wings from out west and one of them from the East Coast as well. So that's what they're on. And then at 2026, it looks like Doth and Ijet and Bola, who's at Tatino Grace, 6667, strong, skilled forward. He looks to be a guy that I could see. He just got an Iowa offer, too. I could see them moving on him pretty quick because he seems to be the best of the bunch in that 2026 group. All right, Ryan, it's always fun um, to chat. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing how this actually worked out tonight um, between my schedule and your flight being canceled. So I'm glad we got this done. Uh, looking forward to basketball coming soon uh, and, and having more conversations that we can put out here into the Internet for people to consume. So, again, uh, thanks for hopping on tonight. Oh, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And it cut off this last hour of drive so well. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So thanks everybody for listening and go, go first.